This is episode number 733 with the world's greatest athlete and CrossFit champion, Katrin, David's daughter. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. It doesn't matter how much talent you have. The only way that you're going to be successful as one of the greatest in the world is if you have talent and you have so much hard work that you back that talent with consistent, dedicated effort. That will set you up for the chance of being great. And that's what our guest today has done. Katrin, David's daughter, is a legend in the fitness and CrossFit world. She is an Icelandic CrossFit athlete known for her four appearances at the CrossFit Games, took 30th in her first Games appearance in 2012 after less than a year of doing CrossFit, improving to 24th in the Games in 2013. Now, 2014, she was sidelined from the Games that year. She didn't qualify, but she returned with a fierce dedication to be great in 2015 and improved her focus, and took the title of the fittest woman on earth. She then proved that it was no fluke with a repeat victory in 2016, making her only the second woman to repeat as champion. Talk about a fierce competitor. Talk about someone who has a big heart, a deep desire to push herself to the greatest limits humanly possible. That is what Katrin has been able to do with herself, and she is just getting started. In this interview, we talk about how fast she knew she wanted to be in the CrossFit Games. We talk about when she realized that she needed a coach and a strategy to be able to advance her in her passion. And she was able to get only so far alone, but in order to be a champion, she needed a coach and a strategy. The importance of rest and reflection when you fail why you need to build a solid structure that you love doing day after day. Also, the importance of balance if you want to be the best in the world at anything. And we talk about who she was working for and competing for in her 2015 win. I'm super excited about this. I've been following Katrin for a long time, and we've been connected online for a while, but we finally got to connect in person in Boston and this is an incredible interview. Make sure to share with your friend, lewishouse.com slash 733. Tag Katrin on Instagram as well as you're watching this or as you're listening to this. And let her know what you think about this as you listen. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. 
Ashley High Performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Again, a big thank you to our sponsors. And if you are looking to be great in your life, then we have an incredible young woman who is going to inspire you right now to reach beyond your dreams, to reach beyond your limits, and to achieve everything you want. So let me introduce to you the one, the only, Katrin, David's daughter. Welcome, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got the legendary Katrin David's daughter in the house. <laughs> Finally. I know. We've been trying to do this for, what, two years? Probably. Two years. So long. Every time I say I'm about to come to California, I mean it every single time. You haven't been to California, I don't <laughs> think, in two Boston years. We're in Boston right now. Yeah, I haven't. We're in Boston. I don't think I've been there since... The CrossFit Games. The in like Games in 2016. 2016. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we've been talking since then, and mm-hmm. we're like, yeah, I'm going to be out there for like an event or a yeah. sponsor thing, or you never make it out. So I decided I'm coming out to Boston. We did it. Out. We're, here we're here in like Harvard Square, <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to be here because you've had an incredible journey. You're only 25. Mm-hmm. You've won two CrossFit games back to back. You've qualified for six games, five games. Um, 12, 13, 15, 16, 17, 18. Six games. Six games. You you qualified twice, and then you missed once. Yes. What was that like when you were qualifying, and you're just like, I'm going to get better every year, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, I don't qualify after a year of pain and struggle and training? Um, honestly, right now, I can look back and say that it's the best thing that ever happened to me. In the moment, it was the hardest thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I was born very competitive, and... It didn't really matter what it was, whether it was, you know, swimming when we were in school or, you know, running around the playground, you know, with the boys. I was always in a competition. And I did gymnastics until I was 16. And I was never really good at gymnastics, but I think I loved the the conditioning part and I loved the dedication. I trained four hours a day, six days a week, and I, I liked that structure. And at 16, I kind of, I didn't want to do it anymore. And I was trying to find something, you know, I was playing around with track and I was playing around with go to a Globo gym. And I was always missing that, like, you know, waking up in the morning and working hard towards something and, you know, having a purpose. And in 2011, Annie wins the games. Mm-hmm. She's one of my best friends now. She's from Iceland. But that was all over the news, all over the media, and they were showing clips from the CrossFit Games and saying that she won that. And I remember my mom and my grandma was kind of lost that summer. I'd been doing like two years of kind of like back and forth of gymnastics and track. And You were in high like, school at the time? Yes. Yeah. And my mom and my grandma were like, why don't you try that? And in my head, 
I feel like it was the day after that I went to the gym that she was at. Yeah, and I, I signed up for boot camp. I signed up for CrossFit, and that was literally it. Wow. And right away from day one you knew. Yeah, I think I'd been doing it for about three weeks when I remember talking to my mom, and I was like, I was like, Mom, I want to make it to regionals. Wow. Which is like the qualification process, or used to be, for the CrossFit Games. And that was probably in September, and then... Probably around the new year, I remember that goal kind of shifting to, I want to make it to the games. No way. That quick? Mm-hmm. That quick. And that's a little bit dangerous because I was so good right away. So that was 2012? This is, yeah, this is the end of 2011. Yeah, In 2012, yeah. I actually make it to the games. Your first year? My first like year trying. six months yes. of training. And no one could do that today. I mean, the sport was so much younger, but I really, I, I progressed very fast and I got good right away. And when I say good, I actually think that's so dangerous because mm-hmm. I think I got kind of content, you know, it was good. I was a young one. I was the one that made it right to the games. And honestly, when I got to the games that year, I I didn't really belong. I was very starstruck by everyone that was there. I didn't have a coach. I hadn't trained for that amount of volume. I didn't have the headspace to be there. And honestly, I didn't enjoy it at all. But I got to call myself a games athlete. And then again in... Would you play as top 30, right? It was somewhere 30... I might have been 30, yeah. Yeah. And then I have another year of kind of doing the same thing. I, like I would show up every day and I would train. And I love training. And then I was a full-time student and I was coaching. And show up again 2013 and kind of just same story. Like mm. I'm good enough that I'm a games athlete and I get to call myself a games athlete all year. But as soon as I get to the games, it's a whole other level and a whole other playing field. And it's so many days and so many things to think about. And again, like I don't, I didn't really have a coach and again, no one came with you to support you in coaching wise. Um, I had some people from my gym, but they weren't like coaches. They weren't my coaches. They were very supportive and honest. I couldn't have done it without them. But we hadn't worked together, and I didn't have the mindset, and I didn't have the preparation that needed for the games. You didn't have a strategy mm-hmm. mentally, yeah. And that's kind of just, like, kept going like that until 2014. I didn't make the games. And right in that moment of not making it to the games, I remember there was a, there was a workout that had 10 legless rope climbs in. And legless rope climbs were a weakness of mine, and there was it was that was the workout. Ten legless rope climbs. Wow. There was nowhere to hide. And for weeks leading up to it, I had been so nervous for that one workout. I was at that point in the best shape that I'd ever been in, and I had always made it to the games, but I was couldn't stop thinking about that workout. I was that was the workout. I was like, it could throw me out. Like maybe wow. I won't make it to the games, and. That was on day two of regionals of three days. And day one, I was crushing it. I was in first by so far. And I remember I was they were asking me, and he was like, wow, like you've improved so much. Like, how do you feel about this workout? And I I could never be happy with what I was doing because I was so nervous about that workout. I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, happy with that, but I really <laughs> just gotta get to that rope climb workout. Wow. Like so crazy that I, I couldn't just be in the moment. And I was constantly like I don't know, like projecting forward to that one and, and my potential failure in that one. And sure enough, we get to that workout and I think I was on my seventh one when I fail a rope climb. And I immediately 
start crying. I'm so I bawl my eyes out, and I'm on the field, and there's minutes left on the clock, and I didn't make a single rope climb more, and it did throw me out, and it's it's kind of like I was right, you know. What you say, you yeah. created, yeah. I I think I created that for myself, and it wasn't my it wasn't my physical ability because I was fit enough that year. It was my lack of mental toughness mm. that year. And I was just projecting forward that I could possibly not make the games. And then if, instead of getting, <clears throat> we fail rope climbs all the time. Right. Just you get know? back up. You fail lifts. You fail rope climbs. You just, you stand back up and you, you try again. So you tried again or you just like. I did try again, trying. but I was just falling down the rope and, you know, I wasn't collected and. You could have taken more time of rest. You could. Have, yes. You still had tons of time. And I was just rushing it, and because I was so like I needed to make that rope climb instead of resting until I was ready. Like I was just jumping back up and failing. And in that moment, that was I had nothing planned that summer. All I wanted to do was train for the games. And so he wasn't my coach at the time, but I'd done training camps with Ben Bergeron, who is now my coach. And I remember getting a text from him. So every morning. After probably like a week or two, I would wake up in complete shock. Like, you know, when you're just like, oh. Like after, did, you've, after you didn't yeah, qualify. Like, did that actually happen? Like, wow. And a couple of days later, I get that like, text from Ben being like, I know that this is tough for you right now. And you might not see this in this right moment, but this could be the best thing that ever happened to you. Wow. And I remember that I was so mad that he would say that. Like, why would he say that to me? Does he not understand? Like, this was so hard for me right there and then. That was all I wanted. That was my biggest goal was to make it to the games. And that summer, I remember I took some time off and I went with my dad and my siblings to Morocco. And when I came back, I hated the fact that everyone else was training for the games and had that purpose. Mm -hmm. And I was just going to the gym. So I kind of like, I think I just kind of tricked myself in my brain that I was training for the games. That summer was probably the summer that I started training so much more with Annie. So she was training for the games. So we were essentially training with her for the games. Yes. So I was, you know, the best workout buddy that she could have at that time because I would push like, her and push so her and angry. push her. Yes. But <laughs> at the same time, workout. yeah. But I wasn't like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess like for her, she was training to win the games. So for me, I'm actually training for the games too and pushing with her. So that kind of, she really pulled me through that summer. And at the same time as I got to push her. And that year, I remember I didn't really watch the games. I remember watching the final workout. And it was really late in Iceland because of the time change. And I remember watching it and the final was done. And I remember just closing my computer, going to bed and... I wake up the morning after, it was like a million pounds were lifted off my chest. I felt like such a clean slate. It was like no one had made it to the games. And honestly, in that moment, I think it was such an advantage for me because everyone else had just finished the games and have to recover. And to recover. Yeah, and here I am fired up and fresh. Wow. So and Focused. That, focused. And... There are so many things that kind of clicked that year that I think I always think things happen for a reason. You are where you're supposed to be for a reason. And 
I was supposed to go through that. And then I never really liked reading. I, I just have a tough time, like, sit. I, I need to be doing things. And But that summer when I went to Morocco was the first time I really picked up a book. And I remember picking up Michael Johnson's book. It's called Gold Rush. Mm. And he was the absolute favorite for the 90s. Like, Leading up to the 92 games, he had won every single race that he ever entered in 100 and 200. He has these chapters in the books where he describes a 100-meter race. And it takes less than 10 seconds for him, or about 10 seconds. But this could be a whole chapter of him describing what he's feeling when he, he's on the starting mat. Or his, what do you call this? Starting, starting blocks, line. yeah. And then he describe it like what's going through his mind and what he's thinking like right before... The gun comes off, and then it's his reaction, and then like the, the whole dry phase where you're like, yeah. where he's literally like facing down, and he'd be like, after like four to sixty meters, he starts like, you know, raising himself up, and then he would always do like a right left, and he would never see anyone because he was so far ahead, and he gets sick in the Olympics, so right before, and he ends up, it's it's a terrible Olympics for him, and he doesn't even make the finals, mm. and and like, what a failure for him in that moment when. He himself knows that he can win. But instead of, I don't know, he, instead of giving up in that moment or thinking he's not good enough or what a failure, he comes back in 96. He wins gold in 100, 200, and he added 400. Crazy. And it's just crazy to think that, I don't know, I needed to read that story in that, in that mm. moment because it would be easy for me to think that I had failed or I was a failure or that I wasn't good enough or I'm not as good as those girls, but it just showed me that I'd failed at those regionals and I wasn't as good as I needed to be in that moment, but it wasn't a destination. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a point for me to pass through and I could use it. And then I started reading some sports psychology and I started working a lot more with Ben. And he talks to me a lot about what I should be focusing on and what I should not be focusing on and what should be going through my head in workouts mm-hmm. and and he, it was the, at the end of 2014 that I was training in Boston and I asked him to be my coach. And he was like, let's try it. Let's try a month and we'll take it from there. And did that. And I remember the new year, he was like, okay, I'll be your coach. Wow. Yeah. Why did you come to Boston in the first place? That's just kind of like a long story. It was one of his athletes used to do some programming for me. So before the 2013 games, I came for a week and that's kind of like how I met everyone. And then early 2014 one of his team athletes that they won the games they've won the games before they've podiumed I think one or two times he had a phenomenal team Mm. and a couple of those individuals on the team one individual that year and I went and trained with her name was Rachel and so I kind of went over there I was going to go for you know just a week or two and train with them and I don't know there was something about training there that kept me wanting to come back for more like I say like I'd always kind of just been good so it was I just kind of did the training I'd be like yep done that check yep done that check and I remember when I got to Boston I'd never been in a place where there was a coach like I I love being coached yeah. and I've been coached my whole life from gymnastics what did you have in Iceland where there no coaches no it was more like you're taking class and I had never experienced having a coach in CrossFit. And when I come here and Ben kind of like, 
has this whole team and some individuals and you know, everyone would show up at 9 a.m. and they're all waiting to hear what he has to say, just like in gymnastics, you know? Like, I think I just love that. And they, whenever he spoke, like, everyone wanted to listen to what he had to say. And he honestly didn't say much, <laughs> which I think taught me a lot because mm. he's not sh- out there shouting, good job, or you should do better, or this or that. He would more, I remember doing these hill sprints once and he'd be like, Jeff, 50. Kat, 54. Rachel, 57. And it was like, you're not getting a good job where you should be going faster. He's just giving me my time. and Very and, neutral, yeah. But it made me internalize. It made me be like, I know if I worked hard enough or not. I know if that 54 seconds, I know if it was my best or not. He doesn't have to tell me. And it really, it showed me, mm. I started paying attention to what really was my best. And I think I really learned what hard work was. What it, it's there's a difference between working hard and and working really mm. hard. So those weeks, whenever I would come to Boston, I think I accidentally put myself into this like professional athlete bubble. Yeah. Because when I was in Iceland, I was a full time student. I was a coach. I was trying to train. Yeah, I have all of my friends and my family that. You know, you're hanging out with, they're going out mm-hmm. for lunch. But when I was in Boston, I would, I would stay with Ben and Heather. Heather is Ben's wife and, and their family. And I would go with Heather in the morning to the gym. And I, we would work out and then I would have lunch and, you know, take a little break. And then would work out again. And I'd probably be done by like three or maybe like three or four. But Ben never went back home until it was like 530 that's like when he leaves the gym mm-hmm. every day. So I had all this time that, you know, I just had at the gym and I would read, I would do all this recovery stuff. I would, yeah, yeah, I would sit in the normatax, I'd do muscle stem, wow. stretch, all these things that I'd never used the time to do before. So it was kind of like accidentally living this professional athlete yeah. life and all sleeping day. more and yeah, eating yeah. better and, you know, all these car rides and, and dinner time tape, like talks. With like the Bergeron family, I learned so much. And you were like, I can't leave this. Yeah. So I have to be here full time. This is the way. Absolutely. And I think every time I left, I felt so much better that I just like, it kept me wanting to come back for more. It sounds like that structure was what you really loved. Yeah. Because when you go back home, it was kind of like on your own time, you have a lot of different things, but it's not a core structure mm-hmm. with one focus. Absolutely. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this, assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake caliper. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. 
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Where do you think you'd be if you qualified for the games that year? Wow. I don't know. I... Do you think we'd have won those last those two no, years back-to-back? No, back? I don't think I would have won the games. I think I needed to not make it to the games. I think it showed me how bad I not only, how bad I wanted to be there and how much I was willing to work for it. Mm. And I think I really needed that. Because I think if that wouldn't have happened, I would have been content with what I was doing. And qualifying. I, with qualifying. And I'm 100% sure I would not have won the games if that wouldn't have happened. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Where would I be? I'd probably be in school. I'd probably be. Really? Yeah, I wanted to be a doctor. Still I, in Iceland? I used to love, and I still do, I love learning and studying. It's just I don't have time for that right now with what I'm doing. And I know school will wait for me. Like, school will always yeah. be there, and I can always learn and study, and I love reading now. Mm-hmm. But the sport doesn't wait for me, and this is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So I need to give it everything that I have. What do you think it takes to be the best in the world? Everything you got. If you're not giving it everything that you have, I always think this. I remember everyone likes balance, like talking about balance. So you need this and you need that and you have this in your life. And I always felt very conflicted because that's not what I wanted. And I remember Ben was having a presentation once and it's the first time I ever heard anyone say champions don't have balance. Mm. And I was like, he's right. If it's not right or wrong. For most people, it's probably the right thing to have balance. But if you want to be the best in the world at something, you just can't. Because if you're spending, you know, if you're spending your time on something other than your craft or something that other than something that's not going to make you better, someone else is spending their time on getting better. And I always think that someone else is going to be spending their time, so I better be doing it too. Wow. And... There's a time and place for everything, like hanging out with your friends and getting your nails done. But that, that has to be the right time. And when you've already put in all, when you've slept enough and you, when you've eaten the right things and when you've done your training. And then sometimes it's good to get a little bit of a break, but that has to be the right time. Yeah, I hear you. So, that, yeah, it takes everything you got and a lot of hard work.
Wow. Do you balance it ever? Do you take like a day off once every three months? Or yeah. How's that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Your coach would be, he'd be like, okay, today just rest. Does that ever happen? Yes. I have one day a week that I have a full rest day. Like I say, like you can only work as hard as you recover and all of that, but you better be doing everything of that 100%. But then there are times that you have. For me, it's normally Sundays. Sundays are my day no that, workout. that I take completely off. Recovery, swimming, little jog Sometimes, here and there, a little yeah. three-miler, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I will. Like, I actually perform a lot better the day after if I move. And I like yeah. just getting some blood flow in, yeah. getting a light, but it has to be very light. It can't be, I'm not getting lactic. I'm not getting any extra soreness. My favorite thing I actually do is sit in the sauna. Mm. That's a great, that's Smart. my favorite recovery thing. It's very, it's like, a, it's like me time. I bring in a book and I sit in the sauna for like 30 minutes and it gets really hard. Like it's actually hard to sit in the sauna sometimes it's when hard. it gets really hot. You're yeah. Dying. You but I wanna... feel really good after. Yeah, good. yeah. What's your biggest physical weakness right now that's holding you back from being the best at all times? So 2015, actually coming back from that year of not qualifying. Not qualifying. We win the games. It's crazy. It's amazing. <laughs> that is crazy. Crazy. But at the same time, when you look at the things that we did, it's not crazy. But it's just it's just crazy looking at it like that. In 2016, repeating. And it's like, <laughs> when you know that you can win, and when you know what it takes, you want to win. And I am ready to do whatever it takes. And I am ready to give it everything that I have and, and work as hard as I possibly can every single day. There is no better feeling than showing up at your competition and knowing that you, knowing you did everything you could. Mm -hmm. That's what gives me confidence. It's not confidence. You never know that you're better than someone else or that you're gonna, you never know that you're gonna win or where you're gonna place. But if you know that you did everything that you could, you can stand there, you can be confident. And then you go out there and give it your best. And you know that you're going to come out there and it's going to be your best result. It's the worst when you know you didn't train enough. Exactly. You're like, I could have done this differently. I should have done it more, but mm -hmm. I didn't. That's when you beat that yourself up. That is the up. absolute worst. Worst. So coming back in 2017, of course I want to win. And Back to back to hopefully back. Yeah. And I, I was tired in 2017, mentally tired. And I think I kind of lost my sense of why I do this and my purpose and my joy in the sport. And I think- Why were you tired from the, the emotional pressure you put on yourself? Yes, I think I was- Now I've got a three-peat, now everyone's yeah, looking I think, at Yeah, I, I had a lot of things. And in 2015, I truly fell in love with the sport and the process of, of just getting better and of working hard and every day would show up to the gym and I was learning so many new things. I was reading all about, that's the year that I really kind of got what it meant to be the best version of yourself. When I used to compete, I used to constantly be on the leaderboard and the outcome would matter to me so much. But then like starting to read about sports psychology and Ben talking to me about like, I can only control a couple of things. Like I can't control an outcome. I can't control the weather. I can't control the judges. I can't control my competitors. But what I can control is my sleep, what I eat, my effort that I put 
into any kind of workout. My mindset, my my outlook on a problem that's happening or whatever is in front of me at that time. And we just kind of like loved the process. We worked really hard. We got to the games and it was an advantage, but no one was looking at me. You know, you right. didn't have no the pressure. pressure. You didn't have people, yeah, I didn't have people interviewing me. And and suddenly we we come out on top. Crazy. And because of that reason, I think people thought it it was a fluke. And I took that very personally because I knew what we had done and we had worked so hard. So that whole year, I wanted to prove that it wasn't. Mm. And in 2016, very suddenly, my grandmother passed away. And she was my best friend and my rock and my my everything in this world. She was a light. And that was, that's definitely, it's, it just happened fast. And, and that, that year I did everything for her, everything. And every training session, everything wow. that I did, I wanted to win for her. Wow. So you had and a deeper purpose. So I had a deeper purpose that year. So when I get to the 2016 games, it was really weird, but I honestly, like, I would come off the floor and I somehow just, like, I would make a lift that I have no clue how I made. Or I would be, like, focusing on, like, it might be a five-round thing. And I remember, like, I would always pull through right at, at the right second. And I would somehow just, like, every time I got off the floor, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I never knew how I did it. And wow. I would always just be like, her and right before the final event both of us had this necklace that was actually my grandparents that gave it to me and her best friends gave it to her for her it was either her 65th or 70th birthday but the same necklace and she used to use it a lot and when she passed away I got a little protection angel and I put one on hers and one on mine and hers is buried with her Wow. So I always have this necklace with me. And right before the final event, I, I took it out of my bag. And I was wearing this high-neck sports bra. So I was able to actually, so I tucked it in and I was wearing it for the final event. And it was a really, I was in the lead, and but this was a really hard workout for me. And this is probably one of the proudest competition moments that I've ever had because how easy is it to, it was pegboards and thrusters. Mm. And how easy is it to, like with the rope climbs, just go up before you're ready because it's the win on the line. But at the same, I just took everything a moment at a time mm. and I'd do another pegboard when I was ready and I would do the thrusters when I was ready and wow. ac- actually get my best result even though there was so much on the line but I remember I'd, I'd walk over to the chalk bucket and I'd go over and the necklace would always fall out and I think it like kept reminding me like she's there with me Wow! and that year I remember just holding the necklace it felt like an eternity before I announced who had won because you didn't know because I didn't win that last event but then it was like what's the point spread you know and I, I came out a couple points ahead Wow! and I was like holding it and I wanted it nothing more than to win for her 
And I think I had that that year. And then that 2017 year, you've already done a back-to-back win. And I didn't know my purpose anymore. And I think that was... Your purpose was now pressure. It's like how to deal with the pressure and how to overcome this pressure. Exactly. And I think I just kind of lost that a little bit. And I don't think I realized it until I was at the games and I never had one of those magical moments. Which I talk about, like when you come off, you know, like, whoa, like I love competing. It's my favorite thing in the world. Like when I'm out there on the floor. And I didn't have that. And it was, it Mm. wasn't until that Sunday morning after the games, I had one of those workouts. And and I had that magical moment. After the games? No, it was, I was right at the end, but it was just too late. Too late. You know, and I, I didn't even podium. I took fifth of the games. And I know that's, that's a tremendous, that's very good. It was just not what I wanted and not what I'd worked so hard for. How it made you feel? Um, terrible. I think it took me such a long time to acknowledge that I wasn't happy with it. And to acknowledge that I wanted to win the CrossFit Games and that I wasn't happy with that placement. And honestly, like the longest thing took me to acknowledge how I was feeling. Like I was, I was missing the joy. I was missing my spark. I was missing my purpose. All 2017. This is all after the 2017 games that I think I was kind of realizing these things. And there was a moment in time where I was like, do I love competing in this sport anymore? Like, do I want to do this? It's like, I was like, why do I want to do this? And I got this email from, there's a doctor at our gym who saw um, someone post this, that it was like his little cousin that she was 15 or 16. She posted this essay. She was talking about how she had been, she's very down, like very depressed. She would go to school and she would do enough to get by. And after school, she would go home and she would do nothing. She And this one May, it was before Memorial Day, her aunt comes and she was so excited. It was like raving about this CrossFit exercise. And she's like, you know, wanted her to come with her to the gym. And she was like, fine, you know, whatever. It'll go with her. And it was Murph, which is like a mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then another mile run. It's, it's a tremendously hard it's workout. Hard, it's yeah. long and it's, it's grindy. And there was all these people, they all showed up to do this workout. And they're all working so hard. Like some of them until their hands are ripping and they're all sweaty and like, but they're all there doing it together and they all made her feel so welcome mm. and and she decides that she wants to join this CrossFit gym. And she'd been doing CrossFit for a couple of weeks when she then like starts looking at videos, she gets more interested and she watches the documentary Fittest on Earth. Mm-hmm. When you won, right? Yep. And she says she saw Captain David Sutter talk about being the best version of herself. Wow. And she was like, and something clicked with me. And she was like, and so I'd go to the gym and, you know, she couldn't do pull-ups and she'd start working on pull-ups until she could do one. And, you know, she had to work so hard and, you know, sometimes she would tear and she had to wait until her hands healed. And, and, you know, it's such an accomplishment when you work so hard towards something and, you, and you're able to do something that you previously didn't think that you could do. And 
she then took it from there and she like, I started working harder in school and she now has, she's happier. She has a better life. And what if her friends see that and see how inspired she is and a better version of herself and inspire them to get better? And it was like an immediate flip in my head. I, that is probably the thing that means the most to me out, out of everything that I've ever received or anything that I've ever done or gotten, that someone could, I get to go to the gym every day and do what I love yeah. and work hard towards that. And I am lucky enough to be in a position that the CrossFit Games team and Mars and Heber, they want to tell my story. And you, you know, thank you for having me on here, but I get to tell my story and I get to show what I love and how hard I, I work. And if that can inspire that girl, that one girl, and imagine who she goes on to inspire, I was like, that is my purpose. And that really, that's why I started working out hard again. It's really? like, I want to do it for that girl. I want to do it for those people that need it, for the opportunity that I can then inspire someone else. So that's the mission now. So that was, yeah, it, it, it still that's is. And that's, and that's what's leading into my 2018 games or the season. And, yeah. and that's actually the season that I can honestly say that I've never worked harder in my wow. entire life. Yeah. Did you feel like you brought the joy back to and the passion and the, the love? Yeah, I do. I do. In a different way. It's, it's more, I feel like, with anything. Like, when you start out in anything, there's always a lot of excitement yeah, and everything yeah. is fun. And, and it still is. It's like it was a lot of hard work. Like, this year we did. I've never worked out so much in my life. And I was doing... Two, three like, days. Like, yeah. Like, a lot of them were three days. And some of them would be, like, you know, one of them might just be 90 minutes of just running or biking. And it's just a lot of time to just sit in your head. And I had to tell myself so many <clears throat> times how much I wanted this and why I was doing this. So it's not always fun in games. But I will say, in the, the big picture, this is the thing that I love the most. Wow. And that I am so thankful for that I get to do every single day. You got to tell your coach to let you uh, listen to podcasts during those 90-minute bike rides. I do that. <laughs> you I do? do that. Thanks for getting me through good. this. Good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. So you got third this, this year at the Games, mm -hmm. 2018. How did you feel? Again, Right. Now, that's why we were talking about this, because of my weakness. How did, you, how did you feel? I just started rambling on. Yeah, it's all yeah. good. So that was, anyway, yes. How did so you feel placing year, third and not being on the top, which you wanted, yes. but working harder than you've ever worked in your life? Mm -hmm. and, ha and having a deeper mission yeah. and a purpose. Mm -hmm. How did you feel? Because when you got fifth, you were unhappy, even though you were kind yeah. of faking like, okay, this is good, but not. How did you receive it? Very mixed feelings. And I still have those mixed feelings. Yeah. I want to win the CrossFit Games. I want to come out on top. And I know what it feels like to come out on top. Yeah. And I worked as hard as I could and this whole year and, and as hard as I ever have in my entire life. That's very scary to do that. Because if you do that, if you actually work as hard as you can and you still come up short. Oh, man. That's you have tough. no excuses. That's tough. I've, you have no excuses. And that's really tough. But at the same time, as like I woke up the morning after and my initial reaction, it's like, it's, like it, it's done. There's nothing you can do about it. And I didn't win. It's like... And you knew you gave everything in every event. You were like, so it's it is, it is hard, and it's not what you want. But at the same time, I'm so proud 
of the work that I put in. I'm so thankful for how much my coach coaches me and teaches me every single day. My family, my friends, they're they're so incredibly supportive. The amount of support, like Christmas, it's like I was late for Christmas dinner. My mom didn't even blink an eye. She was like, it's like I'm stressing, trying to like, you know, shower and get ready. And my mom was like, it's okay. Like she knows how hard I was working, why I was doing it. You know, and it's like, that just means the world to me. So it's like all those things that I'm so thankful for. And I have to celebrate that I did take third. It's incredible. It's amazing. But at the same time, I want more. <laughs> yeah. So what's, what's the big weakness then? The big weakness, back to it. <laughs> it's like raw strength and power output. Raw strength? Yeah, like... Don't you have raw strength? I mean, back, your freaking legs are strong. Your arms I know, are like I know. You would think, but... When I say I have a weakness or strength, it's compared to my competitors. Yeah, okay. So I know I'm strong and I'm fit and all these things, but compared to my competitors, I'm not strong enough. Mm. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. And it's crazy to say that I want to be the best in the world and I want to win the CrossFit Games and then... I'm out there on the field, and it's a, it was a CrossFit total. So we did a one rep max back squat, one rep max press, and then a one rep max deadlift. Yeah. And if you'd asked, even before the games, if you would have asked me, I mean, I just didn't expect it to show up, but we should be ready for anything. Um, but if you would ask me what would be the worst things for, like, to show up for me, it'd yeah. be like, it'd be the one rep back squat and the one rep deadlift. Like, give me a 10 rep and I'm good. But the one rep, so I'm out there on the field and I'm not having a good time. And I'm literally, <laughs> and I try and be very in the moment mm. and engaging to what I'm doing. But I remember like literally in my head, I'm like, I'm never going to show up and have a weakness. I'm never going to show up and not be able to play with the girls. I want my worst finishes to be 10th place, not 36th. Mm. So right there and then, I've decided that I'm not going to show up and not be strong enough ever again. There's no reason that I can't be as strong as they can. Is this at the beginning of the event or at the end of the event? This is during. I knew, <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Yeah, yes, I knew. knew that. So... 
So now you've been training. So now I've been working so hard on my strength. There you go. Yeah. And we're getting stronger. That's good. That's good. What's the, um, it sounds like over the last four years now, since with your coach, right? Mm -hmm. Four years, that you've been developing your mindset at an extremely high level Mm -hmm. of being more neutral, less reactive, less Mm -hmm. hard on yourself, all these different things, and really just training and preparing the mind for, to win. Yeah. What is the element of your mind that you still need work on that would take you from here to a whole nother level? And the um, mindset training. I don't want to call it a weakness yeah. in your mind, but what's the thing that you I don't know. Improve? I'm constantly working on something, and I think it really depends on, you know, the the mood I'm in or what mm. I'm going through in that time. Or you mean you're not a the robot? Workout. <laughs> I know. I'd love to be. Um <laughs> I think it like fluctuates and something that I've realized that I used to be a lot better at and I think I got pulled away from is trusting. So there's a big picture process and trusting the process and every day just doing the little things over and over, doing them right, knowing that you got better that day and trusting that you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like that process in the middle of a workout. You know, like if you're doing something that's five rounds, ten rounds, and you're and everyone goes out so hot, like in the beginning, and they're and they're off. But you know, like what is it? How are you going to do your best in that workout? How am I going to get my best time? And it might not be go out really hard. It might just be like get in at a good pace, mm-hmm. hold that pace, and be able to like come through at the right time. Like I said, right. like like I did in fifteen and sixteen, and I feel like. Sometimes I get so caught up in that I should be the best at this workout or should be so good in this and that you start competing with other competitors and then you might go out too hot and then I might crash and burn and someone else passed me at the end. And just like trusting the process and trusting my gut instinct and my pacing and kind of bringing it back in a little again and not being so much in like, because it really is, it's its an individual sport. And no yeah. one is touching, it's not a contact sport. No one's playing with you. No one's going to tackle you. It's just, it's you and your lane, you know? I think it was it Einstein who said comparison is the thief of joy. How and, true is that? Right? And so the more you compare to mm-hmm. everyone else's times or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. I think that's good to train maybe that way. To be like, okay, yeah. I know I need to like chase this person and this person, but also just chasing your own best times and your own I, best. I do that a lot in my yeah. head. I, I put a competitor next yeah. to me to make sure that I'm pushing, pushing and pushing and pushing. But yeah, at the same time, you have to like, was it my best? And That's if it, it was, like high five and, and move on. And, and if not, then best. you can like, all right, we got to change that. Yeah. What's the part of your daily routine that you love the most? My mornings. What's, in, what's involved in the morning? I don't know. I actually like <laughs> working out too, but. I'd say my mornings, I love a slow morning. Mm. And I probably said that because if I have a good morning, it sets my day up so good. But if you're rushed, if I'm anxious, rushed, everything goes backwards. My days, my days like ruined. I'm kidding, but it, it's not, but kind of. It's harder. It's yeah. harder, yeah. It's like, it's weird if my morning starts weird. But I love just like, I try, I set an alarm like two hours before I have to be anywhere. And when I'm in, like, a great routine, and it was probably my favorite, like, this summer, like, leading up to the games, when every morning I would wake up and just make my coffee and then bring my coffee out and just read a little bit. Just, like, have time to just, yeah, just sit and read. And then I would journal after. And whatever chapter I'd read about, I would try and pick something out of it that, 
I thought applied or my favorite part of the book, and I would write about it. Mm. And after I'd written about it, I would write down three things that I'm thankful for for that day. And I love starting my days thinking about, because there are so many things. Like sometimes you'd be on number three, and I can't pick what I want to put there because I have so many sure. things. And you're like, oh, like what am I most thankful for this? And after that, I would always write down like 30 days until the games. And that really got me to think, even though there's a month left or even if it's two months left, it's, it always seems like such a long time yeah. until I feel like you put down the actual days and you see how much every, like how much can happen in two months. Like so many things, but then if you put down like 60 days and it's like today is one of those days and you realize how much every single day counts. Every day matters. Every day matters. And, and I loved putting that down there and it showed me like, how many days are left, and and so much can happen, but this day matters so much. Yeah. And then at the end of that, I would put down my own thoughts or how like I try and link like what I was reading to to something that mm. I would do that day, and it really got <clears throat> me just in the right mindset. And I love going into the day with that. That's great. And then I'd go make breakfast. Normally over breakfast, just because of the time change, I love calling my mom or my dad or. My grandpa, my best friends, like I'll try and FaceTime with someone in the morning, just talk a little bit, and then I'll go get ready and, and go to the gym. Crush and that's when I'm like, I'm ready for the You're day. You're ready. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm curious. I don't know if you've talked about this. Maybe you have. But do you think intimate partnerships and relationships support someone's drive to becoming the best in the world? Or do you think that that could hold you back? Both. I think it depends on the person. Yeah. Yeah. Like both people. Yeah. I think if you're with the right person, and if you look at Matt Fraser and Sammy, for example, I they're so like they're so good for each other, and Matt is so focused mm-hmm. and so driven to be the best in the world. He's a machine. He is, and then machine. Sammy is. She loves taking care of all the little things and uh-huh. taking care of the food. And she's such a bubbly personality, but so on it at all times that I think they really, they're a very powerful couple. Mm-hmm. But then I also think like if you're dating someone that might not be the right or doesn't live the same lifestyle, it's right. probably pulling you away. Right, right. So I think it's just a, it's a good mixture of both. And I think it, it, it really depends on who it is. Yeah. How do you feel about it personally? I'm not dating anyone. I think that scares me a little bit. I think if I were dating someone, I think I'm scared that that he'd be pulling me away mm. from what I'm doing. Wow. Or if I'm not very excited, then I feel like it might not be the right thing for me to do. But at the same time, I'd be open for it. And if it was the right person or someone that is living the right lifestyle, of course, the option's always there. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Have it's you been like, with someone in the last few years where you've been training full-time and been in a relationship too, or...? Like no, an extended I relationship? No. No. I've dated someone in like my recovery period after after <laughs> the games when I have enough time. For a couple but months. Then, yeah, but then yeah, but then suddenly my focus all like goes in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, I won't go into that more. I'm, I'm, curi- I'm just fascinated to see. <laughs> I know, like, everyone is so curious. It's well, I think it's just like when you obsess I, I over something. Yeah, I just don't have s- an answer, but well, when you obsess over something that much in a good way, mm-hmm. I think it's hard to to do it when this is like your time and your moment. And yeah. um, I was talking with another friend of mine, uh, Nick Simmons, who's an Olympian 800 meter runner, American champion in the 800 and all these things. That's and a he, great event. And he was like, you know, for six, seven years, he's like, I didn't have a relationship because I knew I wouldn't be able to give them the time. 
Mm-hmm. And I knew I needed to be selfish because this was my time. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure there's ways you can do both, you yeah. know, and you can have both and have mm-hmm. it all. But he knew with his personality type, yeah. he was like, I don't think I'd be, it wouldn't be fair because mm-hmm. I need to be selfish 100% of the time and do what I want to train, recover. <laughs> like, unless yeah. someone's on board with that, it's yeah. not going to be fair. He's right. So, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. What are your thoughts on body image and femininity Mm -hmm. and what does that mean to you? Do you ever feel like you're this fierce competitor in your industry, but then do you ever feel like, oh, maybe I'm not as feminine as what other people are? Absolutely. Do you ever feel insecure about that? Yeah, I think it's something that ever since I grew up, I was tall. and Like 5'7", come on. It's not that tall. Okay, so I, I know, I know, but I wanted to be a gymnast. Yeah, oh, so I, I see. was so tall. So you were tall in so a gymnast world, yeah. I always wanted to be smaller. I always wanted to be skinnier. I always wanted to be lighter. You know, you, I look at pictures of myself when I was a kid and I was so skinny. You know, I was taller, but I just wanted to be smaller. And I, I, I think that's the way that I kind of grew up was always wanted to be something different. And I wanted to have curly hair and I have straight hair. And it's like, it's all these little things. And after starting CrossFit, it's when you work really hard towards something and, you know, like I always had big shoulders or I had the big biceps or this or that. And now it's like, look at what they can do. Look at what my shoulders can do. Look at what my biceps can do. Like, it's amazing what our bodies can do. And I think if you look at it that way and you look at, you know, I have a six pack because I work out and that six pack can do this and... I don't know. I think it, it can make you more proud of the body mm. that you have. But of course, of course I struggle. I, I, I'm in different shapes, different times of the year. And of course, I'd love to always just be shredded and, <laughs> and look like a Viking, you know, like I do at the games. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like I'm not going to look like that and get stronger. And you just have mm. to put things under perspective. And I think, I think we all struggle with it. But, but I think it's just cool that we all have these these different body types. And I think you see it a lot at the games that, you know, that we're all, we're different heights. We yeah. have different shoulders and legs, but there are all these amazing bodies that can do all these things and every single one of them beautiful. Mm. What's it mean to be a beautiful woman? I think I always go kind of go back to the, to the confidence thing. I think that always shines through. If, if you're happy with who you are, if you're happy with, what you're doing, if you're living your life and kind of like in line with what your goals are and you're confident in that and that you're doing that and you have healthy relationships, I think I think that always shines through. That's a great answer. Mm. Oh, thanks. <laughs> great answer. And do you have a message for, for young girls or women who maybe don't believe in themselves or don't think they're pretty or don't think they're short enough or tall enough or whatever their insecurities are, do you have a message for them? Something that I, I actually have this on as a bracelet. I'll show you. It's here. I love blue and it has little gold sparkles in. Yeah. It's be the best me. Ooh, okay. And I think there is only, there's only one of each and every one of us. And like I've talked about a little, it's like you only have control over so many things. And... We have control over ourselves and what we do and, and how we treat others and, and what we do and, and how we act. And I think if, if in each and every moment we focus on becoming a better version of ourselves, I can always, 
I can be a better daughter. I can be a better friend. I can be a better athlete and all these little things. And each and every moment we make the right choice to become a better version of ourselves. And in return, it's like if you're being a better daughter and you're treating other people well and you're getting better in your craft and I think that can only push the world upwards. Mm, that's good. Mm. What's the greatest lesson your grandmother taught you? Mm. She was always the light in the room. I think the biggest thing that I take away is how she made other people feel about themselves. She was always a light, how she presented herself. But the biggest thing is, and this is something that I really try and do, is things like how she says good morning to someone that she doesn't know or when she'd meet someone in an elevator, it made them feel important. And they could leave that room or that little, you know, it might not be a big interaction, but they could leave it and they could feel good about themselves mm -hmm. and they could feel seen and feel important. And that's, I always want people to feel like I can give them the attention that they deserve. And that's something that I, I try and live by. Mm, that's great. And your coach, Ben, if, if there were three things that he says to you on a consistent basis, that if there's someone who just needs coaching in their life, mm -hmm. they could be a CrossFitter, they could be a basketball player, they could just be anything in their life. Yeah. But there's three lessons that he shares with you on a consistent basis that mm -hmm. you would share with everyone else. What would be those principles that he that he constantly instills in you? That is a you? great question. I don't know how to put that into three things. Or even just two, one or two. Yeah. No, I think there are way more. Yeah. <laughs> the top um, three things. The top three. To coach someone. It's focusing on the right things. You know, it's the, it's probably the, the, you can't control others or the outcome, but you can control your sleep. Make sure you get enough sleep. That's like my number one yeah, recovery sleep thing is, is sleep. If for nothing else, just like get your eight, hopefully 10 hours of sleep every night. Wow. And it's your diet. It's, it's the effort that you put into what you're doing, whatever your craft is. It's focusing on the right things. And I feel like when you do that and you focus on the things that you actually can control, I feel like your mind is like, it's like, it's like a windshield wiper. Clear. You just see things clear and you're not constantly like fussing about little things or getting aggravated. Like if you can change it, just change it. And if you can't and then and move on, you know, and you're not, I don't know, it, it at least gets my mind so much clearer. I think number two is probably focusing on details. I think there are so many little things that you think are little things, you know, like that little accessory thing at the end of your day that you could just skip or, you know, just having that one cookie. You can just have that one cookie or, mm. you know, watching like one more. cookies. Yeah, <laughs> don't we all? And then, you know, watching one extra episode at night because mm. it's like it's only only one more, but you're Gosh, losing that, that hour. Of, yeah, you're losing that hour of sleep. It's. Mm -hmm washing your hands, you know, so that you don't get sick. Because a sick day, you know, can set you back a couple of days. It's, it's taking care of all the little details that seem so little in the time. And they're like, oh, it's just 1% or 1%. But they're really quick. 1% add up really fast to yeah. something that's really big. Yeah. And the third thing is relationships. It's developing great relationships around you. And I see that with the way that he treats his family and his friends and, and, and who he coaches. 
it's like you create a great life with the relationships that you create around you. Yeah. What's your greatest fear? Hmm. Losing the people I love. Why is that? I think that's the only thing that I can't see anything good about. Mm. Like I said, like not making the games, like anything terrible that happens. Like I always believe that we are where we are for a reason. And I think it's going to teach you something valuable or you're going through something because you can help someone else, you know, along the way. But when you lose someone that you love, I don't see it. That's the only thing that I, I can ever see anything good come out of. Well, we're all going to die, right? I know. I know. That's the challenge. Mm. <laughs> What's your vision for your life moving forward? In the games and then, or with the sport of CrossFit mm-hmm. and then after CrossFit, whenever that I might be. I have so many things that I want to do <laughs> that I sometimes feel like I will do nothing because I want to do everything. Oh, uh, yeah. So. I call that the passion dilemma. <laughs> You have so many passions that you don't take action on any of them. It's terrible. Yeah. So out of all the things that even now, like I'm constantly like, I want to do this. I want to do that. Like (laughs) I want to write a book. I want to be, I want to work on TV. I want to do this, this, this. And you want to have like all these things that you want to do. And at the same time, I'm like, I have to realize that being an athlete doesn't wait for me. And all of these opportunities that I am so lucky that I, that I have are because the foundation is that I, I'm a good athlete and I want to be a great athlete. And I have to continue building that right now. And in all the messages that I want to spread, the better athlete, the bigger platform I will have. So that's something that I tell myself every single day that that's what I'm doing right now. It will just give me bigger and better opportunities later to share what I want to do. Yeah. So it, it it helps me have patience with everything that I want to do. Yes. I don't have patience. <laughs> I know. I like, I want it now. Yes. So That's good. I think focus for now, for yes. sure. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. The things that I really want to do is I'm writing a book and that has, we talked about it a little earlier, but that is a challenge. It is a challenge. Yeah, it's very challenging, but it's something that I really want to do. Our whole community will support it when it's out. Buy a copy. Ah, I know, it's exciting (laughs) whenever it will come out. Hopefully next year. Yeah. Hopefully early next year. Okay. Um, Do you have a title for it or no? Working title? I'm working with it. Okay. I have one, but I'm pretty sure that I'll change it. Mm. I don't know. We'll see it. I'll let you know. What's the thing you're most proud of in your life that maybe most people aren't aware of? 
Um, That's not winning the games. It's my work ethic. I'm very proud of that. And that's something that I get inspired by with other. I love hard work. I love seeing other people work hard. And I love working hard, whether that's in the gym, whether that's I worked very hard when I was in school. I worked really hard when I was in gymnastics, even though I was never a great gymnast. I was good on the conditioning side. So whatever it is that you're doing, whether you know, whether it's my book, whether it's working towards a future mm-hmm. career that I want to do, like I just love hard work. Why do you love it? Because I think we can all do it. I think some people are smarter than other people. Some people have more talent. Some people are stronger. Some people are this or that. And it, but we can all work hard. And I truly believe we can do anything we want in this world. I honestly believe that. Mm-hmm. But you got to be willing to do the hard work. It doesn't matter how good you are or, or not. If you put in the work and you put in enough of it, I think you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that because a friend of mine, Jay Shetty, was giving a speech recently at, a, at an event that I was hosting. And he was saying, you know, a lot of us are told a lie that we can do anything we want. But he said, I'm going to probably butcher it, but he said, you can, you can be everything that you are. He said, you can't do anything you want, but you can be everything that you are. Huh. Wait, I don't quite understand it. So it's like, and I might be butchering it, but it's like, I can't go be a gymnast in the Olympics. Like, that's not going to happen for me. Yeah. You know? It's just not. But I can be everything that I am. I can be everything, my my best self. Yeah. I can be that through hard work. Yes, absolutely. You know, so maybe you weren't going to be an Olympic gymnast. Yeah. Because you were too tall or because you didn't have mm-hmm. certain things. But you can be everything that you are, which is the greatest CrossFitter. Mm. Like once you find the thing that you can yeah. be, you can be everything that mm-hmm. that is. And I think that's, that's inspiring yeah. to know that. Because yeah. I do believe we can, we can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think but not like, everyone is going to make it to the NBA. or you know, like you say, like not. Being but you can be tennis. the coach yes. of the team. You know, mm-hmm. you might have that. So you mm-hmm. can be in the passion in the place you're supposed the to be. The thing that I think about that, though, is you, prob- you probably don't want to be an Olympic gymnast. No, if you, I don't Like care. gymnastics probably doesn't make you feel good about yourself. No, if it's not something bad. that... <laughs> I, know, if I can't even do a cartwheel. I know. So back. it's like I think the things that you love, <laughs> yes, and when you find something you love and you work hard towards and you get you start getting better, I think it fuels you, and that's mm-hmm. when you want to become the best at something. Yeah. So I think it takes a lot of things to want that. So I think what you want will naturally kind of align with what you can be, what exactly. you are. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's kind of that's kind of how it works. Where do you think this came for you when you in your life where you said I love hard work? When was this moment where you realized you loved it? And what triggered you to become obsessed with working hard? Was it something that your grandparents said, parents in school? What what was the moment you were like, I obsess over this? Honestly, it's not long ago since I was thinking about this. I was like, why am I like this? And Mm -hmm. I've, I've been such, I've been so competitive since I was a tiny little kid. Did you get picked on? Did you get like... No, it was... So I was asking my mom, I was like, where does this come from? And a part of it, so my mom was 16 years old when she had me. She was very young. So, I mean, she was pregnant when she was 15. And I think she got told a lot that she wasn't ready to be a mom. and She couldn't do this. And so she was like, she had 
she bought all the books. She read all the things. She was like, if I was supposed to know how to say, you know, five words when I was, you know, 10 months, I was going to know how to say 15. Wow. If I was supposed to be able to walk at nine months, I was going to do it at eight months. You so know, she so she pushed you. She's not a push, like, I, because I can't even remember this. She's not like a pushy, she never, I think she's very supportive. And I think it's like from her that I, she's very, um, and this might just be Icelandic females too, but like believe that we can do anything. Wow. And. Where does that come from? I don't know. So Iceland is a it's, country. It's like is a mentality like... in Iceland and it's, it's my family and it's. Got it. Um, I think I was just raised that way, okay. but, and then a lot of things are, you know, my dad is very academic and at the same time, he's not like pushy either, but if he would, he's, he's a teacher. Uh-huh. So if there's ever anything that I didn't understand completely. He's like, oh, that's easy. Come here. I'll show you. Oh, cool. So it's like, I always just like, I've had a lot of support and I was, I've always been such like a grandparent's little girl yeah. and I would spend my summers with them and I loved making them proud. I uh, loved showing them my report card and having results, sh- yeah. my results and having tens. Like, I was very result-based <clears throat> as a kid. Like I said, even starting CrossFit, I, I wanted the results and it's not the right things to focus on. I think yeah. you should really focus on your efforts. But at the same time, I think I realized that if I did study h- harder, I would get a higher grade. And if I did do more conditioning, I would would be stronger and better at gymnastics. I think because I'm an oldest child, I probably I, I'm a people pleaser. I want to make people proud. I want yeah. to make them happy. And I think early on, I wanted to make everyone proud. I wanted to make them happy. I wanted to be good in this and that. And I think early on, I realized that if I studied harder, I would get a better grade. And if I did this, and I think it just like snowballed. Yeah. I think it snowballed like that. And in, in addition to me being very competitive, I enjoy competition. Yeah. <laughs> That's just something that I was born like with. to win. Yeah. In, in addition to that, like, it's like, I want to be the best. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I think it, that, I think that's how it, that's yeah. the way I am. I've got a, I love it. <laughs> uh, a couple final questions for you before I ask them. I'm curious, is there a question that you wish more people would ask you? Do you know what I love? I love a good conversation like this. I love where there's, you don't know where it's going or where mm-hmm. it's going to take you, but if you can be honest and have a great conversation, I think it takes you in places that, yeah. I think when someone has made up questions beforehand or if it's an interview yeah. and they're very like, if they know the questions they're going to ask before, I probably know them too. Right, right. You know? So is there a question you wish more people would I ask know, you? I know, I normally just get, surprised by where a conversation goes and I'm like oh I, I like where this is going but no I, I, I normally I normally don't know yeah okay I was curious if you wanted me to ask you something that you've never been asked yeah I, I'm actually gonna think about this I'll, yeah let me know that yeah we'll let you know later. <laughs> this question that I ask is for everyone at the end it's called the three truths I don't know if you've heard of it <laughs> I have and <laughs> so it's so funny <laughs> it's so funny when people get surprised by this I'm like do you even listen to right? this podcast but then last night I was over at Ben and Heather's and Heather uh-huh. goes have you decided your have you three decided? truths I was like I would have been one of those people it would have been like a lot of Dang. people are like that they listen to it and then they don't think about it it's alright uh-huh. uh, you know the question it's it's uh, if this was the last day for you, <laughs> many years from now you got to pick the day. Mm-hmm. But we all die, you know. At least for now we do. Yeah. Unless we figure something out through science, and um, you've achieved everything, everything you want. You've won fifty times in the games. You've <laughs> done anything you wanted to do. You've written the books. You've been on TV, like all the stuff. You've had a family if you want to do that. Whatever it is, you've done it. Mm-hmm. But you got to take it all with you. And no one gets access to your content anymore or your videos or your message. Just memories, right? 
but you got to share three final lessons or truths that you would share with the world, that this is all they would have access to, what would be your three truths? Number one, I did get you to thought think, about this. I did get to think <laughs> about this. The first thing would definitely be gratitude, uh-huh. and it's to be thankful for the people that you have around you and what you have and the opportunities that you have. And I try and be very thankful for, you know, everything, every day. I remember what I have and. I am I'm so incredibly thankful for the opportunities that I have and that I get to wake up every day and do what I love and work hard towards what it like. Pretty sweet. That is amazing. And every day that Ben coaches me, he has so many things on his plate, but he takes his time every day to coach me and my family being supportive. It's like if everyone just take a little bit of time and be thankful for what they have, you can't not smile. You know, your day is better. I some days are hard. I know that. But even in those hardest moments, you realize how many good things are around you. It makes any day so much better. Yeah. So number one, gratitude. Number two is hard work. It's work hard. Because I really believe that we can achieve what we want to. And with hard work. And I hope that everyone works extremely hard towards what they love. I know there are a lot of people that just work really hard eight to four. But I hope it's towards what you love. And I think as soon as you love something, you, you do things better and you achieve more. And, and anything is possible mm-hmm. with that hard work. Mm-hmm. And number three, it's, it's surrounding yourself with great people. Because we really get to choose who we surround ourselves with. And I hope it's with people that really lift you up and support you <clears throat> in what you're doing and inspire you and challenge you. You know, I hope it's people that really make you better and make make you want to be better and laugh a lot. That's it. I got four things and laugh. You, can you I do add a that? great job. Four yeah, things. You can. Thanks. You can. Laugh a lot. I think laughter is a key to happiness. I think so. If you're not smiling, if you're not joyful, how are you going to be like happy? And I think it brings a lot of peace to people's lives too. I think it's medicine. It is. Yes. It's healing. Yes. It's therapeutic. I'm glad you did that. You always. I love that you always smile at the end of an event. Or at least, uh, at least the ones you do well. Most of them. The ones you do well. I wasn't laughing after my deadlift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love like in all in the two documentaries that I've seen. There's been maybe there's been three documentaries of the fitness mm-hmm. stuff, but both the ones that I saw, you're just like always smiling, and I love that. It's you work hard and you're focused, and then you're like, you know, you're happy, and you're smiling, uh, and, I, and I really appreciate that. It's really fun to watch. I think a lot of people can just finish something and be so exhausted and have like a negative face on too yeah. but I think you bring this level of like joy and like proud you're proud and so you're yeah smiling, which I think is cool oh, um, <clears throat> how can we connect with you online I know you're on Instagram where do you spend most of your time on social media Instagram that's definitely your, that's your yeah, that's, drug of choice yeah okay. I think um, I've tried to to do it all I do my social media myself and I I do enjoy it and yeah. I because I, I want it to be me, and I just want it to be, you know, whatever I'm thinking that day, and, and just be authentic and true to myself. And so what's your Instagram handle? It's Katrin Tanya. So K A T R I N, and then T A N J A. Okay. It's my it's my middle name too. Nice. I don't use it as much, but I use it all the time in Iceland. And I've tried to do Facebook and Twitter, and I don't think I'm funny enough for Twitter. But Instagram's where it's at. Instagram is kind of like what I've settled with is is I love the most. And so yeah. instead of trying to do lots of things okay, I just want to 
I'll focus on that one. Yeah, so if you're listening or if you're watching, make sure to take a, you know, a photo or, or send Katrin a, a message of what you enjoyed the most about this interview and tag her on Instagram stories so she can, <laughs> so she can get the feedback as well. I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Katrin, because I love your spirit. Aww. I love your energy. I love your heart. I love your commitment to the people in your life, the level of passion you have for your coach, for your family, for your, your grandmother, for all the people in your life is really inspiring mm. to see that you're not just in it for yourself or your dreams, but you're in it with the people around you. And that's really inspiring. I also want to acknowledge you because I don't think it's easy to be a woman in general on social media, period. <laughs> with the comparison and the pressure and insecurities and anxiety that's happening mm. in the world right now, and I think you're doing an incredible job owning who you are, owning everything about you, that you are different and that it's inspiring. And I don't feel like there's any insecurities about you. When, mm. when I'm spending time with you, with your postings online, where I think you're a great example because there's a lot of women or girls, young girls, who are constantly insecure and comparing themselves to every other girl or woman. So I really acknowledge you for your beauty of who you are and owning all of it. It's inspiring. Thank you. And I also acknowledge I you. that a lot. Of course. And I also acknowledge you for your champion mind and the mindset. Because I think it's really hard to qualify for something and then fail and not do it. And then come back and win back to back. That's like <laughs> unheard of. Mm -hmm. And hard work can only get you so far. But the way that you think is evident to me that it's unbelievable because it's really hard and all those days of the games and all year long leading up to it to keep your minds in the right place. So whatever you're doing, <laughs> keep doing it. It's really inspiring. I'm gonna walk out of here like a foot taller, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, of course. Everyone, make sure you guys pre-order the book when it's out, follow you on Instagram because we'll see when that's coming out and everything else that you're up to. Final question for you is what's your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness is, it's hard to put this into words, but it's when you're happy with what you've done. And if I think about this in terms of like when you've worked so hard and you have no regrets, when you did everything that you possibly could and like you show up at game time and then you give it your best, and you know there were, that's your best. It was the best you possibly could. There wasn't something that you should have done, or you could have pushed harder here. And I think that applies to life. And I think that's when you know that, I guess we have to put it in the present, because I, I also don't want to say that you're then content and happy. Mm -hmm. I, I, I hope that we're always striving towards something better and towards becoming better. But I hope that in every moment of our lives, we can look back and know that we're doing our best and know that we're giving it everything that we have. And that, to me, is greatness. Mm. You're the best. Appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> and there you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this one. I loved connecting with Katrin. I loved hearing her story. And just being around someone who is so committed, so dedicated to achieving something that great in their life is inspiring for me. I always love deconstructing and assimilating the information and the wisdom and the passion and the energy 
from people like Katrin because it always teaches me that there's another level for my life as well. And there's another level for your life. It doesn't matter where you're at right now. If you feel like you're struggling in your life, if you feel like you've got a lot of talent and things are going well, there's another level. And talent is only one thing. Talent can only take you so far. You've got to be willing to put in the hard work and the consistent strategic game plan. Have the coaching to back it. Have the feedback system as well. You need to have all of it in play if you want to be the best in the world at what you do. That's just what it takes. You can't make it happen by chance. It doesn't happen by showing up sometimes. It doesn't happen by having average talent and average work ethic. You've got to be willing to do what most people aren't willing to do. And that's what it takes. Master your skills, put in the work like most are unwilling to do, and you set yourself up for a chance of being great at the thing you want the most. If you enjoyed this, make sure to share with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 733 to get the full show notes, all the links, connect with Katrin on Instagram. She has got an inspiring Instagram account, so make sure to screenshot this, put the link on there, tag myself at Lewis House and Katrin as well to let her know what you enjoyed most about this interview. Again, a big thank you to my sponsors and friends. You were born with a deep desire inside of you. There is a calling inside of you. There is something that is pulling at your heart right now. You might know what it is. You might be on the path. Some of you might have no clue what you're supposed to do in this life. It's time to explore. It's time to adventure. It's time to allow yourself to go on a journey and see what's possible for yourself. This might be in your relationships. It might be in your health. It might be with family, business, career. It might be life's greatest adventure. Whatever that is, you get to discover it and you get to go on the journey of life to becoming the greatest that you can possibly be. Each day is an opportunity to show up and be great. Each day is an opportunity to show up and make an impact on someone's life around you. You have a decision to make. How will you show up today? As always, I love you so very much. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.